just going to continue myself. I know there's a witness in the house, right? Somebody's been there to where, you know, God gives you something. You want to run and tell somebody, go, whoa, 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 hold on a second. That's for you. <laughs> or y'all know the other side, when that word coming is convicting, we want to throw it to the rear or to the front or to the left or to the right. We don't want to receive it. And again, he says, that's for you, <laughs> right? So we thank the Lord for that. It's good to see everybody. Uh, my dear sister, Sister Terry, Pastor Lee, good to see you, right? Amen. Good to see everybody this morning. I don't want to belabor the time. So if you have your words, which I'm sure you do, let's just jump right into the Lord. Um, several scriptures um, I want to reference here today as the Lord put on my heart. This is a word from him. It's a word that's needed always, but especially in the times in which we are. I always sort of look at the pulse of this earth. And years ago, the pulse was real, real, real strong. Right? The house of God was flourishing. The unity of God was there. The praises was going up. People couldn't wait. Nothing would stop them from getting to the house. But today and going forward, that pulse has become real, real faint. Real faint across the earth. Now, Pastor and I, we talked a few weeks ago, and I always asked him, I'm like, what's the pulse of Ypsilanti? And he gave me the pulse. And if you look at the geography where you live or where other ministries at, I can tell you, regardless of what they say, the pulse of the ministry in these regions are getting weaker. It's getting weaker. Now, is that alarming? Yeah. But at the same time, it aligns. It aligns with God's word. Because he said these times would come. And guess what? They're upon us. He's going to talk to us about a lot today because this is a word he's given me several months ago. And I always just position myself with him to make sure it's the time to bring it forth. How many know you can bring forth fruit prematurely? <laughs> you got to wait until that stuff ripe, let alone pick it off the vine, consuming it. How many of them ate something that was prematurely to consume, and then after it was past its time, you ate it, and it's like, it ain't even good, and you want to throw it away. You got to choose the right time to get the fruit and then eat the fruit. Wait too long, that fruit will be past its season, and it'll be spoiled. You eat it too soon, it's out of season. And so that's how God looks at us. Are you ripe? Are you spoiled? Or are you still being developed. Just a reference scripture to just poke your appetite. In Isaiah 33 and 6, that's not our base here, but I, I, I was in the worship here, and the Lord spoke to me about stability. Stability. And it, and it, and it goes with the word that he's given me, so I have to be obedient. In Isaiah 33 and 6, it reads as thus. And I know Brother Green, he's faithful. He'll search it out and put it up on the board for y'all. I know that. Right? And listen to what the word of the Lord says. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times. Are y'all seeing this? And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Now in Proverbs 1, everybody knows that. If you don't, I'm going to share it with you now. Right? The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of 
knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So if you take those ingredients that I said on the latter, fools despise wisdom and instruction, that means they don't have what? Stability. James said it this way. A double-minded man cannot receive anything, expect to receive anything of the Lord. Why? Because he here one day or she here one day and the next day you'd have no accountability. They're like a wave in the wind just tossed. Stability. Jesus talked about how you should build your house. Somebody say my house. Has to be on rock. A sure foundation, a tried stone. You build your house on sand, there is no stability there. You may think it's stable for a season, but I can guarantee you this. As the Lord and as the adversities of this life begin to blow against your house, you will find quickly that instability. The Lord put it this way, and great shall be the fall of it. So I had to give you that with a little bit of narrative. But today, the Lord wants to talk to us. What he has spoken to me about is a warning message. I didn't come to judge today, but I did come to bring some order and structure in your mental process. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? It's a warning. It's three principles about God. If you really, really study, search the scriptures, you'll find there's three principles. You won't find this on Google. You won't find them written in the scriptures. But if you get before God, he will confirm and affirm what I'm about to tell you because it's from him. And when I got him, I'm like, oh, my Lord, this is good. Before destruction, there's always a what? A warning and a way of escape made possible. You will find those principles stay with God from Genesis to Revelation. He will never destroy before he first warns. <laughs> and then in that warning, he said, okay, I'll make a way for you to escape. But then if you don't take either of the first two, destruction cometh. Think about your car. God always gives me this analogy because it helps. You driving down the freeway, and the oil light flashes and then goes out. It gets your attention. It comes up red, right? I haven't seen it any other color, DJ, since they put it on the dashboard. It's red. It's red for a reason. Red seems to get our attention. Then it goes out real quick. You keep driving. Then it comes on again, a little longer, and then it goes back out. Still ignore it. How many been in this situation or close to it, right? If, just say amen. Then, Duchess, it comes on, and it stays on with a pulsation. And then you go, uh-oh, I need to take an action here. Granted, you're not in the middle of those long exit freeways. How many have been on one of those? You look at your gas gauge like, I'm not going to make it. I'm talking about the warning indicator, right? Even the gas fuel light will come on. There's always a warning. <laughs> then you just totally ignore the, it comes on, now it's on, but then here's what follows it. There's smoke coming from under the hood. I've been there so I can speak to, I can, I can give this testimony. Then the smoke coming, all of a sudden you what? You're panicking, you're not thinking right, you, you just 
You're trying to survive. Then you're looking at where you at on this long journey. Ain't no exit. You're looking at houses five miles off the freeway. You in worst case scenario. Why? Because when it first came on, you had opportunity to do something. God saying the same thing. When I knocked on your door that day, you had opportunity, glory to God, you had opportunity to do something. Matter of fact, he didn't just knock and run away. If I understand correctly, he say, I stand and knock. He ain't knocking and running. He said, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. You know why he's standing there and knocking? Because maybe you sleep. Maybe you downstairs somewhere and you're just not hearing it loud. Maybe something else got your attention. So he's being patient because he knows the criticality of knocking on your door. Oh, glory to God. It's amazing how you write something down. Because you know the heart of the people. Today, God wants to talk to us about where you're at. Where you at is twofold. It tells you you're in the right place or you're not. When God said, Adam, where art thou? Where art thou? When God said that, Adam, where art thou? God did not position himself to not know what he knew where Adam was. So when he asked you, you got to be careful when God asks rhetorical questions. Job got it quick. He asked Job, Lord, you know it. Sometimes you just got to not try to answer him because he really is not looking for an answer, Pastor. He's looking for you to think about the question. <laughs> Adam, where are thou? It's not that God didn't know where Adam was. The question was to bring awareness to Adam that he wasn't where he used to be. Walking in the cool of the garden. I know you're supposed to be on your post here. Do you know that? So today, the word of the Lord comes to us in the form of this. Trust the process. God wants us to trust the process. Right? If you got your Bibles, we're going to get some reference scriptures here. We're going to go through them as the Lord and the Holy Spirit leads us. Philippians 1, verse 6. Elroy, if I can get you to read that, I really appreciate it. Duchess, if you could get Philippians 2, 13. And I'll find y'all at Philippians 2, 12. And I'm going to ask the priest of the house to, to, to get us Philippians 2. 2.12. So Philippians 1.6, Philippians 2.13, and Philippians 2.12. We're going to be in Philippians for a little bit. Is that all right? Trust the process. Trust. Look at somebody and say, trust, trust. the process. There's two parts to that. You got to know what the process is. You got to know who owns the process. <laughs> A third piece is you got to recognize that you're in it or you're not. Philippians 1 and 6. Philippians 1 and 6. Being confident of this very thing. That he which has begun a good work. Hold on a second. Confidence. It, when the, the word says this very thing, 
there's a notation of emphasis. Could have said this thing, but this very thing. That he, which has begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Mm. Trust the process. So what Minister DJ just read was, the process has started. And he that owns it is going to continue it. And where is that process? It's in you. Because you agreed to be part of the process. So he's begun the work of the process in you. And he says, whether you're on board or not, I'm going to finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. He that has begun Philippians 2.13. Hold on a second, Duchess. So Elroy just read, he. Now it gets clear. Go ahead, Duchess. Hmm. So now we know who he is. And he just said it again. Why is he working this? For his good pleasure. Oh, it hurts. But it's for his good pleasure. All right? Philippians 2.12. Huh? You have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation. Hold on a second, brother pastor. I got to work out your salvation. Your own. Hold on a second. I got to work out my wife's salvation. Hold on, Elroy. I got to work out your salvation. You're so focused on everybody else, you ain't even taking inventory of yourself. Amen. Amen. Well, they ain't doing that. Listen, God say, look, you need to get in the mirror. <laughs> right? He said, let a man, what? Examine somebody else. Himself. You're in a process. When you're in a process and there's an urgency, you don't, it's like a horse. They put blinders on the horse. You need to just focus on your salvation. Because mm -hmm. if we focus on everybody else's and everybody else's focus on everybody else's, ain't nobody crossed the finish line. Let me just share a footnote here. How the Lord gave it to me. It says, this world, world is going further further into chaos. And here's the indictment. He says, my people, not the world, my people are unprepared. They lack readiness for the things I bring upon the land and this earth. The shaking that I'm doing and will continue to do. The pounding that I'm doing and will continue to do. The vengeance that he's sending. Are we really ready? Are, you know, I, I was talking to a couple of young men the other night, and they sneeze. Well, let me say it a different way. I sneezed. And that led to, what, three hours of conversation? 
I guess you shouldn't say anything when I sneeze. <laughs> the point is, I sneeze, they made a statement, God began to peel back the statement, right? And so when we talk about the readiness, I gave them an analogy. I say when you plot your destination and you get on the journey, let's just say a freeway, you know the exit. When you plot your destination, you know the exit where you're supposed to get off. But as you start driving down the freeway, I've been here too, you get distracted or you get to thinking about something else or you start looking at all the things around you and then all of a sudden you say, I missed my exit. You know why we missed the exit? Because we were not paying attention to the signs. You go down a freeway, there's many signs that tell you how far away or how close you are to your exit. But what the enemy does in your flesh, and I'm not saying it's all the enemy because you got something to do with this too. You get focused on the wrong things. You sharp when you start. You excited about hitting that exit. But as you go down the road, you get influenced with other things and you miss your exit. Now, one of the young men said, well, how far did I miss it? I said, it doesn't matter. You missed it. When God talks to you about where you're supposed to be, don't ask questions about how far, Lord, am I off from where I'm supposed to be. Take what he's saying and work it. Because when you're looking at your destination and you know the exit, you got to stay in and trust the process. When we look at the signs of the times, and this is why God's saying this world is moving into a greater level of chaos, we have to know, A, the process, B, our exit of the process, and C, we got to trust it. It may look better on the right. It may look better on the left. But you got to stay focused on the end. He that has begun a good work. This world got a lot to offer. But nothing that they offer is eternal. It's only temporal. It's going to fade away like a flower in the grass. It's going to vanish away like an old garment. God says there's an imbalance in my house. And if y'all really give this thought, consider what I say. God will give you understanding. As a preamble to that, just to get our minds right, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, right around verse 11, and it says that he gave gifts, that's plural. We put it in some context. Many are called. God's calling everybody, but he ain't electing everybody. Let's be clear here. And he said he gave gifts unto men. And he gave some apostles some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, teachers. For what? The three mandates. Perfect the saints. Bring them to spiritual maturity. Work the ministry. How many know we all got a ministry? 
Y'all know what it is? I only heard one voice. Wow. Lord, we, we, we got work to do. <laughs> work the ministry. Edify the body of Christ. Let me put it in context. And I've shared this before. If God tells me to do this 70 times 70, I'm going to do it. Because sometimes we let things slip. We don't give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Y'all know I've come before saying listening and hearing is two different things. You may be sitting up here hearing what I'm saying, but you're not listening. Or you may be listening, but you're not hearing. When God speaks, you got to master both. You got to know when to listen to him and hear what he's saying. And then you better know when you're hearing and then listen. mandates. The reason for that is if the saints aren't perfected, they won't do the work. And if they don't do the work, the body won't get edified. So we wonder why there's so much imbalance because here's what the Lord says. The pastors are singled out and the dominant of the gifts. And they're not working collectively as I have commanded. Your body is incomplete if you just focus on the thumb or the hand or the eye or the nose or the foot. In some cases, yes, it's the fault of the pastors. In other cases, it's the fault of the people. Because the people will raise the pastor up as an idol. Oh, I know I'm telling the truth. You ain't got to amen to that. How do I know that? Because most of the time, Lady Vic, somebody approached me. You know what one of the first questions that come out of their mouth is? Are you a pastor? Right? There's four other officers. Even a company in this world has many different offices. Do you always ask everybody you run into in that company, are you the HR department? What about the marketing department? What about the IT? God has said every member in the body severally as he wills. But what he's saying is, just like Paul chasing the Corinth church, they had the gifts, but they were out of order with the gifts. They had some much other issues too, but like today, pastors are singled out and dominant from the gifts, and they're not working collectively. Hosea 4 and 6 says this. Notice what he says in the beginning, and, and when you really look at the word, you got to understand who's talking and who's being spoken to. Right? He says, my people. The Lord says, my people are destroyed. Right? For the lack of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee. And thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. So what's happening is when a person rejects the law of God, they put a generational curse in motion. David experienced that. God said, look, for what you did, David, I love you, but the sword ain't going to leave your house. We have to be aware of what's going on. The process that God is talking about is a confirmation and assurance of life in Christ. It's a confirmation and assurance of life in Christ. I'm going to mess up some of y'all today here, but it's a good mess up for you. 
So in God, we must put our trust and not fear what man can do unto us. We have to trust the process with everything that's going on and time's going to get worse, not better. We have to trust the process. A process is a very specific set of activities that you must do to get the outcome that's been defined, oh, glory to God, at the beginning. You don't enter into a process not knowing the outcome. You define the outcome at the beginning. You get in the process with the expectation that what was already stated, you are working towards that end. When did the process get put in place? Certainly it wasn't today. Certainly it wasn't yesterday. Certainly it wasn't when you were born. It was before the foundations of the world. Oh, glory to God. God has finished everything, and he stepped back and said, now let it start. Paul said, I, I'm trying to apprehend him to understand why he apprehended me. That's where I'm at. I'm going as far back <laughs> as I can go to understand how far ahead I am. Oh, y'all going to have to process that one. The process is the confirmation and assurance of our life in Christ. Now, we had a memorial. Thank the Lord for my wife being here today. She, she's always there. My children, they hung out late. I'm telling on them. So their flesh didn't want to get up. Right? But I got to go, Elroy. <laughs> I have to move on. I'm called of God, not of my wife, not of my children. I'm called of him. And when I spoke to the priest of the house, right, he pinged me several times. You coming? You coming? Right? When are you leaving? I told him, I said, Pastor, I got to get back with you. <laughs> that you know, right? That was on yesterday. But he knew I was here, and the Lord dealt with his heart. It's like, Elder here? I got to have him here. <laughs> right? But I can't just jump up and go. I have to inquire the Lord and say, Lord, do I go up or no? It's a confirmation of our life in Christ. There's three parts to the process. I hope you all taking notes. I can send y'all an electronic version of my notes. I don't have a problem with that, but I hope y'all taking notes. Right? The word says, be a what? Ready writer. <laughs> you know, have a pen, bam. That's hard, right? Three parts of the process. And I'm going to go back over them. First part is salvation. That's the first part. Salvation. Second part is Savior. The third part is saved. Y'all with me? What's the three parts? Okay. Y'all got to really get this. Because I had to get it. And I wasn't asking for it. Anymore. He just, hey, let me drop something. I'm like, what? God and I have some interesting conversations. He win every one of them, but they do be interesting, Pastor. <laughs> I want to show see a show of hands. Not for any other reason to see a show of hands. If you're convicted with the question, deal with that later. If you're saved, raise your hand. If you're saved, raise your hand. Okay, great. So what is salvation if you're saved? Salvation is the process to achieve the end state of being saved. Salvation is the process to achieve the end state of being saved. 
you're prophetically calling those things that be not as though they were by your proclamation of, I'm saved. Notice in Romans 10 what he said, if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shall be. He didn't say you are right then. Thou shall be saved. See, a lot of people think and say, I'm saved, and that's it. I don't have nothing else to do. That once saved, always saved, crazy teaching. No, there's a process. How do I know that? Because in Revelation 3, 5, he said, he can blot your name out. He can blot it out. He said, all of those whose name are not found written where? got no part with you. If it's written today, the process is, is to make sure it's written then. Salvation is the process. It's the plan of God the Father. It's the vision of God the Father. The Father is the one that makes the call. How do I know that? Because Jesus said, no man can come unto me except the what? Father draws. So the Father sends out the broadcast. You hear him. Then, somebody say, then, the Savior <laughs> executes the plan. He executes the plan. He fulfills the mission. On the cross, he said, into thy hands I commend my spirit. It's finished. He executes the plan. He fulfills the mission. The son does the converting. Jesus is the one that converts us. Come unto me, he said. All ye that labor are heavy laden, I'll convert you. I'll, I'll give you a rest. I'll place you in me. See, when, when we hear, when, like on yesterday, when we hear death, we think absolute. But death is not absolute. Death is just sleep. You're just sleeping. But see, the devil wants us to think, oh, you know what? After you die, that's it. Sleep is good, but waking from sleep is better. <laughs> Third part, saved. This is the goal. This is the end state. This is where the Holy Ghost seals us and transforms. Oh, glory to God. Says you've been what? Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. See, Christ puts us in the bag, and the Holy Ghost says, I got them sealed. But when we don't trust the process, what happens is we break the seal and come out of the bag. See, when you put something in a bag, you process it, you seal it to keep it where it's supposed to be. That means it's Exempt is protected from contaminants. When you break the seal prematurely, Brother Green, you let contaminants in and it spoils what was in the bag. In him we live, move, and have our being. There is no life outside of Christ. The things God looks for when he comes to the house is structure. <laughs> structure. He looks for order and judgment. We don't like the word judgment, do we? Because we don't understand it. Everybody in this room right now, under the sound of my voice, made a judgment today. You made a decision 
to press your way out. That's judgment. But here's the key. God says, without my judgment, you can't be justified. You got to stand before the righteous judge to be justified and have everything that you messed up on to be wiped clean. That's justification. Faith in Christ. God always talks about our situations. <laughs> then he talks to us about, based on the situation, here's the solution for you. And then if you hold fast to these, here's the results that you will get. How I many know God is an awesome businessman? Right? Awesome businessman. I don't think about business. Yeah, he does. He looks for return on investment, just like everybody else. So I'm going to give you one, give you two, give you ten, and I'm coming back, check on my investment. Y'all know the parable. I don't have to go through it, but yeah, he looks for ROI. Return on investment. You think he just put y'all in this process to just put y'all? He's expecting an outcome greater than what you started with. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Trust. The process. Turn to Psalms chapter 1. And trusting the process personifying stability. You got to be what? Rooted and grounded <laughs> in the process. Right? Read that for me, all right? Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man that standeth not. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doeth he meditateth day and night. Continue. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaves also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Shall prosper. Right? Plant it. Plant it. By the rivers. You better check where you plant it. Because whatever you think is your source, it may not be giving you that stability that you need to stay in the process. People running to and fro looking for the truth. God said they're going to be a famine. Not for food, but for the word. We are in that time, church. People don't want the word. They want something to itch their ears. They want some sugar. Right? They just want to get hit and gone. Hit and gone. Five minutes, preacher. Well, if you want me to be five minutes, you should probably leave now. This pulpit is not where I'm called. I'm just here because the Lord sent me here because the heart of the priest of the house inquired. Right? There's so many souls out here. So many people. And we get fat and then go home. I talked to these young men about the value of a sponge. Did I ever share that here, Brother Pastor? Value of a sponge? How many know what the value of a sponge is? I hope y'all like me because I, I like interacting. Every, and when the Lord allowed me to interact, you better take advantage of it because there are some times where you won't get that interaction. It's just going to be one way. How many know the value of a sponge? I know y'all saying if I raise my hand, he's going to ask me, yep. That's true. How many know the value of a sponge? Stand up, please. It soaks up and absorbs. Who else? I see your hand, brother. You agree what she said? 
Okay. Absorption, cleaning. Did I see your hands go? Okay. Anybody else? My wife noticed, so I'm not even calling her. Are you asking me or are you telling me? Okay, all right. Because it sounded like you said, is it? The amount is the value. Anybody else? Pastor Lee, I'm looking at you. <laughs> what is it? I heard somebody else. Is that you, Bridget? Okay, all right. You remember I said earlier about the ability to listen in here? Y'all heard the question, but y'all wasn't listening to what I asked. I said, what's the value of the sponge? The responses that I got was the function, its abilities. Everybody said its ability. It's able to. I never asked what it was capable of. I asked what its value is. <laughs> See, cost is not value. Jesus paid the price. He's expecting us to show value for what he paid. So let me give it to you. Write it down. Because I'm going to ask it again. Or God's going to bring it back to you. He's going to ask you. Think about a sponge. Because God looks at us as sponges. A sponge, yes, its main capability is to absorb. Right? But that's not his value. Think about if you knew everything about everything and there was nothing you didn't know. And God gave you all of this knowledge and wisdom and revelation and who, right? Almost like Paul, he had to be sort of humble, right? But if you never share it, value. God knows everything, but if he never shares it, we don't see no value in that. A sponge, like we are, we, we love soaking it up. <laughs> we love getting it. God gives us revelation. We get excited. We get the depths of the word, brother pastor, and we got it. But God says, okay, what, what did you do with it lately? We didn't share it. We didn't dispense into somebody's spirit. You know, people out here, they, 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 they in tough times, Brother Green, they don't know the word, let alone know the word. And we go quoting the word. And they'd be like, but what does that mean for me where I'm at right now? We have to be able to, with wisdom, Apply the word to somebody's situation or to a situation. That's value. When you can dispense what God has imparted into you. That's why Jesus was walking because people pulled on him past and he dispensed. He said it's more blessed to receive than to give. Y'all not listening. That's not what he said. <laughs> He said it's more blessed to dispense than to risk. Oh, glory to God. Y'all better spawn this up. If God showed you everything about him, what would you do with it? If he showed you everything about him, what would you do with it? You're in a process, not to just gain, but more importantly, to what? Give. Freely you have received. Freely you should be given. Right? That's why I told him when he sent them out, I said, don't take no personal script. <laughs> you don't need none of that stuff. Amen? The day of the Lord is not going to come except there is a great falling away. Go to 2 Thessalonians chapter well, 1 Thessalonians no, 2 
Thessalonians chapter 2. What are we talking about today? Trust the process. God is telling us what the process is, who owns the process, and who enforces the process. If you're in it, this is a warning for you to stay in it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the gathering, by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, neither by letter from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Notice he's saying, trust the process. Don't be shaken. Don't be troubled. Trust. See, things coming and you're being shaken, you're being troubled. But just trust the process. You may be afflicted, but just trust the process. You may be betrayed, but just trust the process. Right? You may be criticized, but guess what? Trust the process. You may be down today. But trust the process. You may be outcast, but trust the process. You may not be feeling well in your body or in your mind or in your soul and your spirit, but guess what? There's good news today. Trust the process. He that has begun that good work in you, he said, I'm going to perform it, but are you walking with me? How can two walk together except they be agreed? You may be hungry for some things, but trust the process. Seek ye first. Trust the process. You may be in a fight second to none. You may think you lose it, but guess what? Trust the process, right? I can do all things. He's going to supply my every need. You know why? Because I trust. We got to work out our own salvation. That's the, we got to work out, let me put it in his words. We got to work out our own in this process. You got to do this process every day. Part of this daily process is you have to die. Should I say this, Brother Pastor? He's saying, should I tell him? It depends on what you're going to say, or should I just trust what he's going to say is okay? <laughs> One of the many things I love about him. I'm not going to ask y'all to raise your hand, but I'm going to say this. If you have said, I've given my life to the Lord, I'm going to tell you, he don't want it. He never did. I hear it all the time. Praise the Lord, I gave my life to the Lord. No, you didn't, because he didn't want it. He died to give you his. Because yours has had no value. See, we're traditional, Brother Green. We just follow suit. Well, Larry said it. Hey, I gave my life. And it's like a domino effect. And it's just messing us up. Because we don't understand the process. In order to get in, Holy Ghost, thank you. In order to get in, this is what he said. It's RSVP, Duchess. In order to get in, it causes you, your life, to get hit. You got to give up your life to get his life because the only life he recognizes in the process is his. That's why we struggle. Because we want to live and we want him to live with us and for us. And he's like, that's not how this works. 
You can't serve me and mammon. You can't serve me and you. I've already died. Now it's your turn to do it over and over and over again because there's just some things in you that I'm still working out for my good pleasure. That's what he said. We've got to work out our own salvation. He said, many shall call upon the name of the Lord. When they do, they shall be saved. Then, now, and then. Oh, glory to God. Think about that one. Then, before... He already seen you. Now you're in it working from what has already occurred and then is again to reach your end goal. God is three-dimensional. Y'all looking at me strange, but he is. He said it. What do you say, Brother Pastor? He said, I'm the same. I'm the same. And I'm the same. Question is, can you make that proclamation? When he put you in the process, are you the same when he did? Are you the same today? Are you going to be the We have to trust the process. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart. Thou shall be saved. Shall be saved. Revelations 3.5 talked about, blot out your name from the Lamb's Book of Life. Look at that, please. Don't think just because he wrote it in. Because he told his disciples, to say, don't rejoice that the devils are subject to you. Don't, that, that's, that's good, but that's not really the value statement. The value statement is that what? Your name is written. <laughs> we fight the good fight. To hold fast unto eternal life. That our names may continue to be written and appear in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's the process. The trying of your faith is working patience. You're going to have tribulations. It's ordained. Because for him to work it, stuff in us, things we're thinking, things we're still doing, think we're doing it in secret. The Bible says that all things are brought to the light. The light manifests everything done in darkness. I don't care how many blankets you cover up with, God sees you. I don't care how dark the room is, God sees you. It's amazing that sometimes, and I think about it now, Lord, that when you get ready to do something, you close your eyes and so you can really get into it. God sees you. David said, if I make my bed in hell, you know where I'm at. going to have tribulations, but the great day of tribulation coming. Lord, let me to start really, really, really Dutchess studying our revelations. That, oh, pastor, I'm seeing some things as many times I didn't went through it that I didn't see before. A lot of people say, I don't want to get revelations. It's scary. No, it isn't. It's revelation. I'm almost done here. I've heard people say, well, we know all things work together for the good, and then they stop. That statement does not pertain to everybody. Let me bring it to the house. If you're in the house and you're making that statement, you got to read on past that because it says all things work together for the good to them that Love God to them who are the called according to his purpose, to them that he foreknew to be conformed to the image of. That's the process. If you're in the process, you know it's working for your good because you love him. You know you are the called. But if you're not in the process, it's not working for your good. I would say, I got to trust this process more. The Lord told me to tell you this. Take heed of who you let speak into your spirit. 
there's a lot of false prophets, false apostles, you know, deceitful workers. Guess what? Did y'all know Satan got a ministry? And he got ministers? And he himself transformed into an angel of light, and his ministers do the same thing? It's created a big distrust in the body of Christ because they don't know what's true and what's false, and that's bad. And I always use, pastor is the master of metaphor, right? And so when you think about the currency, whether it's a dollar, five dollar, ten dollar, twenty dollar, right? Those are denominations, but at the end of the day, it's still currency. And we get caught up in denominations. What denomination are you? Are you Pentecostal, Baptist, Catholic? And then you say, well, non-denominational. That's a denomination in and of itself, right? But it's currency. And so when you think about that, and we're in the process, and you're talking about all the falsehood that's out there, it's created a distrust. But when you talk about them making the money, the United States Mint, where they print the money, do you think, Brother Green, they study counterfeit all day? Or do you think they study the real stuff all day? So when counterfeit comes, they know. See, people get caught up in so many doctrines, they don't even know the truth no more. But for me, I know the truth. So I'm studying the truth. So when counterfeit comes, I can call it. We got to be careful who we let speak into our spirit because corruption will bring corruption. Corruption will bring corruption. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. If I trust this process and the Lord call me up out of here, that's a good day. <laughs> you know, we grieve, we, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Bereave. Right? We feel that. That's the compassion. Right? But the reality is, death is sleep. And some of us are dying the wrong way. What do I mean by that? We're stepping out of the process and we're dying spiritually. That means we're falling asleep and God is sounding the alarm and we're not hearing it. Hitting the snooze button. Talked about this to these young guys the other day. So I must have hit my snooze button like four times. That's one time too many. <laughs> we do that. Why do you set it if you're not going to respect it? That's what God says. Like, if you hear me and say, Lord, hold on a minute, you've missed me. You got your alarm set. I got to get up at 6.30. You said that. The clock don't know anything other than you set it. So when it goes off according to what you said, you said I'm going to the house. You said I'm going to read this word. You said I'm going to fast and pray. You said that. The alarm goes off. Beep, beep, beep. It's annoying. So you hit how can it be annoying when you said it? Are y'all hearing this? Ecclesiastes chapter 5, he says, God says, look, let me be clear with you. Don't tell me you're going to do something and don't do it. It's better you tell me I'm not going to do it than to say you're going to do it and don't do it. So if you're not going to get up, don't set the alarm. He always removes the first to establish the second. And here's the kicker. We have to battle for those who are weak, but battle with those that are strong. We that are strong must bear the infirmities of them that are weak. We got to battle for them that are weak by battling with them that are strong. Right? The Lord says, you know, you got to know who you're laboring with. 
ain't just your cup with everybody. grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. And Ephesians talks about this journey of faith by grace. I just wanted to stop by the house today to warn you, to encourage you, to inform you, to trust the process. The days and the times that we're in, have been in, and going to be in is going to require us to trust the process. I don't care what comes at you after you leave this place today. I don't care what comes and what wind and adversity blows before you on tomorrow or the day coming. God is saying, trust the process. I put you in it. You agreed to it. Let's trust the process. Your salvation is your progress to being saved. Trust the process. We got a mighty God, do we not? We got a mighty Savior whose arms are not too short, right? And we got the power of the Spirit of God. You can call him the Spirit of Truth. You can call him the Holy Ghost. He keeps us. Go that trust. How many has been driving and, and the Lord spoke to you? Say, go left, not right. And then you had your audacity to say, so what happens if I go right? Trust the process. I don't care about what would have happened if I went right. In my obedience, I know I'm going the right way. You say, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man coming unto the Father except what? He trusts the process. Hallelujah. Get a Lord of praise on today.